Hello and welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show. I'm Dustin Nation, and this week we're going to be previewing the upcoming North Texas SC season and figuring out what exactly that's going to look like. Uh, and I can't think of anything, anyone else who's more excited about this upcoming season for North Texas SC than Jonathan Roz. Jonathan joins us today. How's it going, Jonathan? Uh, it's going pretty well. There might be a few people who are more excited than me, but no, I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to some USL League One action and actually seeing some uh, some more local soccer here. So, uh, and and I'm excited tonight because we've got a, a couple of of great people to introduce us to, you know, the the latest news from NTSC as well as talk a little bit about uh, for our listeners, right? Let us, kind of get us up to speed on what's actually happening with USL League One. So, uh, I've got. Uh, Matt Denny, who's gonna who's 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 joining us? He's the uh, the GM for North Texas Soccer Club. How are you doing today, Matt? I am great, thank you. Thanks for for having us on. Appreciate it. Of course, and I've also got uh, Garrett Melser, uh, who's a social social me- or the media coordinator, not just social media coordinator for uh, for NTSC. Uh, recently returning from uh, his little trip to Orlando. How are things going, Garrett? Good, good. Glad to be back. Excited for the season, like everybody else. So, so bef- before we get into uh, NTSC and USL D one, uh, you, you, you got to tell us a little bit about the experience in Orlando, Garrett. I'm sure, I'm sure people are interested in you know, you know, what was the experience like? You know, how did you how did you manage for what was it, twelve days in the room? Total? Uh, Fourteen in the room, sixteen total in Orlando. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty crazy experience. Um, and kind of the word that everyone that the, that comes to your head is just kind of a disappointment because there'd been so much work done like uh, behind the scenes on and off the field to get the team and the staff and everybody ready for that. You know, dozens of COVID-19 tests that we took ahead of time, lots of practices, lots of, uh, you know, just planning for it. Um, then we get there, the facilities are amazing, super excited to get started. We're one of the first teams to get there. Um, and then we literally had two training sessions before, uh, before we all went into the individual quarantines in our room and then, and everything kind of went downhill from there unfortunately um so yeah just unfortunately uh, a very disappointing experience uh the fear of missing out feeling is incredible when you watch these games because fc dallas from what i'd seen on, on the field were looked really really good probably maybe better than they had any time last season looked really prepared for it i thought we were gonna make a really deep run um but then to uh to kind of have that jan- that chance stolen away from us um by pure unluckiness in my opinion um, that was that was really hard to take, and then obviously fourteen days in your own room, just kind of stew on it, didn't help things. But we're back now, and uh, things are looking up. So we're excited to uh, to uh, get going with the rest of the season. Did Did you at least have something to distract you for those fourteen days? Did you? Uh... Yeah, you have like a PlayStation or something going on, or you just you know. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Rock, I, paper and scissors. Because we were you know planning on there being uh, being there for a month plus, so um, pretty much everybody brought some sort of gaming console, and you said PlayStation. That is the one I brought. So I had some uh, connection with the outside world through that with some friends back home. So that was nice. Um, but then honestly, the bigger distraction was the fact that uh, USL League One was getting back started up again. So um, spent a couple of days working on different things for that. A you know. A deep dive into the roster so that was a, a really nice distraction because i could think about soccer that was going to be happening that wasn't interrupted by all the uh, all the this unfortunate stuff going down so they put you to work while you were there it wasn't just like oh yeah oh, oh yeah. wait but i mean isolated let's have a vacation yeah, i'm sure it's a welcome a, a yeah. welcome not well it's not even a distraction right it's it's a welcome area to focus absolutely yeah. no i mean you, you at that point you just want things to take your mind off of just being in a 
you know, 14 by 14 cell. So uh, the work was nice. And then the, uh, the PlayStation was nice too. So are you guys taking any of the experiences from a NTSC perspective, looking at um, what happened with FC Dallas or, or have there been any changes to uh, protocols or anything based on that experience? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. We've kind of, uh, you know, we'd be foolish not to kind of take some lessons off of that and, and say, you know, what would you have done differently? What could you have done slightly different if you could go back? And you know, obviously MLS has got protocols that, that exceed um, the USL standards, but we've been for the most part following the MLS protocols. And uh, you know, it's just adjusted kind of our t- training frequency and our, our testing frequency as well. Um, we're kind of functioning at. A, a hybrid between USL and MLS right now, but we, we've we've kept a real tight lock on on the staff and and our protocols. But along the way, there's been times where USL progressed in their phases, and we've stayed back. You know, at a phase that's probably a lot stricter than than what the other USL teams are doing. But but we've learned through it. We've had multiple meetings and and just kind of um, learning from everyone's experience. So it's it, we have changed and we've adapted a lot. And, um, you know, we're testing more than any other team, I think, in the in USL. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll test in the morning and, and not train until we've got our results in the afternoon. So um, little things like that are just making a difference and, and, and learning. So, so when, did, when did team training start? Well, we haven't really stopped. We've been doing some variety of training, you know, ever since. We've, we've when this whole COVID thing started, we've been doing Zoom practices. We had literally, you know, Zoom meetings in, in their apartments, in the rooms, and um, just maintaining some kind of fitness. And we've progressed from from when we started training to, you know, where we couldn't even pass a ball between players. And then the next phase, obviously, we were introducing a ball where we could pass a ball, uh, no physical contact. And then we've, we've progressed, you know, to contact training just in the last couple of weeks. So it's been, uh, it's been one of those things. It's been tough. But the progression from one phase to the next, everyone's just been grateful to get what they've got, you know, to get to this point. So we've got USL League One uh, about to kick off. So it's uh, 20 games across 15 weeks. Uh, I believe that uh, there's seven teams you'll play twice. There's one team you'll play four times. Uh, I, I guess first question is, how did how did they choose... Um, which teams you would play the most frequently, like the, you know, the, for example, how'd you choose the team that you're going to play four times? So it's, it's the league, the league that decides that. And obviously we, uh, you know, it was 28 games initially and then, you know, it got reduced to the 20 and then, uh, you know, just recently we went down to the the 16 games, right Garrett? Correct. So it was, um, we were looking at it and, and we've we've had probably six iterations of a final schedule. Um, and Toronto had some travel restrictions, which meant they, they couldn't really participate. They'd have to quarantine for two weeks upon returning and teams going there. It just wasn't viable. So once that happened, you know, we all took a step back and we said, look, you know, if we've got a, a chance to finish this season and actually get through it, is, is, is 20 games the right amount? You know, when you go on Saturday, maybe Saturday in Orlando and traveling Wednesday to Tucson and, you know, then coming back to Dallas, it was just, it seemed like a lot. So we kind of reassessed and, and had a board of governors meeting and vote and, uh, and just opted to, to kind of reduce it a little bit and, and allow us time to have gaps between games. Well, if we do have some, some positive cases within the league, we have a better chance of isolating 
um, those and, and it, it was the right choice and it was really driven by player safety and and just concerned that we don't just want to start the season we actually want to get through and finish it what's the plan if um if one of those just say a team has um you know a small breakout or whatever and uh they're not able to play are you guys just going to tack those games onto the end or take it case yeah by i mean case? right is now is, is if, if there was a there's, there's different cases and different protocols for different situations, but um, if there's a, a point in time where the game isn't looking to get played, they would be looking to reschedule and make them up as best we can. So, I mean, you saw it just just recently. Uh, you know, that was it, it was Tormentor in Richmond. Um, you know, Richmond were on the bus and got a phone call halfway there and turned it around. And they were fortunate because they were close enough where right. it, it's feasible to to reschedule. You know. They can throw that game in on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday. It doesn't really impact too much. So they made the decision on that, and um, that was just this weekend. There was a lot more to that than, than just you know, a positive case. There was some delays in the testing, and um, it made mm-hmm. sense for them, and they made the right choice. But I think that you won't see that you know, necessarily across every game if there's just one case. There's protocols to isolate and, um, and, and keep, keep moving as much as possible. So are, are all the games scheduled now for NTSC? I guess where I was yeah. counting there was fifteen, but maybe I just counted wrong. So there's there's six there's sixteen now. All right, 16, I guess I missed yeah. that. Uh, but obviously the uh, the first match coming up this weekend in uh, the brand new home uh, of Globe Life Park. I mean, uh, first of all, uh, I mean, is the team excited? <laughs> yeah, we're we're really excited. I mean, it's it's we had a, a inter squad game there on Saturday, um, and when you kind of you've seen it we've been working on this for so long and it's been kind of uh, just a long a long time in the making a lot of work to get to this point um and then when we walked out um you know you see the field and it fits the stadium so well um it's just it's a, it's a really beautiful site and it's the, the facilities we have are great uh, i can't wait to see it on saturday you know with all the sponsor boards and the lights lights on and just all activated it's going to be it's going to be really nice and the players are really excited the staff's excited um, it's going to be a great home, and it, it's. It's. I know a lot of people say it's a big venue, but it's almost like you've dropped a small venue inside that stadium. When you're in there, it feels intimate. Um, the stand that we've got, the new stand that they've built, you know, is, is going to give great sight lines and a great, um, you know, perspective to watch the game. So we're really excited. I mean, it's the same size. The field is the same size as Toyota Stadium. Um, so we, we've got that where we've got the consistency there, and. Um, we're just really excited. We're excited to to get out to another market and get the season started. It'll be the, the probably the first professional soccer in North Texas, barring the Roja League, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like first uh, first game post COVID, or first first soccer post. Oh yeah, yeah, and that, and that yes, yeah, we're gonna be the the first first game in town really for um, professional soccer in in North Texas. Uh, I know there's a lot of you know the other leagues started up and going on, but uh, we're excited about this. It's uh, it's been a long time coming. It's the first team sport to restart in DFW because uh, NASCAR started last weekend, I believe, over in uh, Fort Worth. Yeah. Uh, so this will be the first team sport to restart since uh, early March. So very very exciting. Garrett, have you have you been over to Globe Life Park yet? I have on a few occasions, but uh, it was kind of still under construction when we did a stadium walkthrough. But even then, you could tell that it was going to be a perfect venue for what we wanted to do. And uh, then we were there for the first Dallas Renegades game um, 
our whole team and coaching staff were guests there and we're honored at halftime, which is really cool. So we went field level and obviously the stadium specs are different for football versus soccer, but it's still the same um, end to end sort of thing. And so you could, you could just see, and we were in the stand that the soccer fans will be in um, and it's, you know, smaller and it's pretty much right in the middle. So you're kind of like at center field, regardless of which side of the, of the stand you're on. And it's just, it, like Matt said, it's the perfect sight line. It's, it's exactly what you want in terms of a viewing experience. I guess the the thing that all the fans are concerned about is uh, it's artificial turf instead of grass. What? How does that? How does that turf feel? It's 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 amazing. I mean, it's obviously you know grass is the the desired um, the desired surface, right? But but you look at last year and, and we had to play on some choice uh, facilities. There was one where the turf was coming up underneath the players' feet. So it's kind of it, it depends which way you look at it, but in terms of the turf it really is and and this isn't just me saying it it's the players have gone out there and this is like as good as turf as they've ever played on we uh we shot some some video for the coaching staff with a drone and um, we were watching the video back and it they were for all intents and purposes it looks like real grass it's it's the creme de la creme and technology is always getting better with this turf and and they didn't kind of uh go out there and buy the cheap uh, just get it done um, the Rangers really went all out and, and they they invested in a venue to make it um, really good and not just for American football when the Renegades were there we were in at a time where you know we could meet with the architects and really give some input into we don't just want to play there we want to make it a home and they, they really embraced that so, so as things open up for uh, Global Life for the first time so who's Who's defining the the rules? Is that ba- is that uh, is I guess it's the Rangers? Is it the stadium? Is it USL? I mean, what's the as far as social distancing and capacity and that kind of stuff for the this first game? Um, really, it's it's we've we've collaborated on that and we've we've looked at the guidelines and then we've looked at what works for us and um, you know there's there's points where we've said we we want to exceed the state guidelines and and, and go a bit a bit better just for safety because we do have the choice. We have a, a huge venue there that we can open up more if we need to, and we don't need to cram everyone into one stand. So we've collaborated and, and obviously um, we just want to do things right and make it the safest possible environment. So the Rangers are just a top class organization and, uh, and it's, it's been a, a real joy to work with them. So one of the things that you, Matt, you talked to Dustin about when you were on with him, whenever, the, whenever that was a while back, like halftime um, of one of the FC Dallas games. <laughs> uh, well, you you talked about wanting to build a community around North Texas, make it be its own club. Either you, Matt, or or Garrett, is there are there some actions going on right now, activities to kind of um, do something within that kind of community, the Arlington community, to try to get some some local grassroots support. Yeah, I mean, we, we were embracing, um, you know, a ton of community partners out there and it's been tough with COVID, you know, even like this week we were looking at, we, we wanted to go out to uh, to a fire station and deliver pizza and it's, it's you can't even deliver pizza right now. And there's uh, just, you know, Tarrant County is, uh, you know, um, a great community and we want to embrace it. And we've got um, really good relationships, you know, Arlington Soccer Association's, you know, really great partners with us and a lot in the area. And, um it has been tough with, with COVID and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's tough for us because we had some real momentum and, and we, we were rolling and we're coming off a championship into a new community. It was, it was something that was, um, we, we were really pumped for and getting some good, uh, good response. And 
we're still getting at, but obviously with COVID, it's it's uh, it's tough out there right now, and there's there's a lot of challenges. But you know, Garrett and I, we've been working with you know um, the Arlington business community, trying to promote the games and and things like that. So we've been doing a lot of good stuff, but obviously uh, when when COVID happens, priorities do change a lot, and uh, we have to respect that in some ways. Uh, but a lot of people are seeing sports as a as an opportunity to get out and um, mm-hmm. you know enjoy. A distraction you know and we're going to do it safely in an open air environment so um we feel that it's it's there's there's no pressure it's it's look if you want to come and enjoy the game great if you want to watch it on espn we just want people to enjoy it follow us and we know we've got a good team we're going to put on the field that's it um, go ahead dustin oh no you go ahead, Jonathan. Uh, I mean, it felt like we were, he, he just gave us a great segue to actually talk about that team, right? It's, it's and I know I, I, I uh, you know, Garrick posted some stuff on the FC Dallas uh, website about some of the players too. Uh, so I know he's got some some opinions. Uh, I guess first question is: uh, last last year, the roster seemed pretty balanced between uh, academy kids. Uh, you know, actual NTSC signings and people from the first team. Is that a mix that you guys still expect, or do you think that's changes this year? <laughs> that's something, yeah, Gary, you can answer it more, but I'll tell you right now. It's uh, Last year, we, we were, every game on a Thursday, we were figuring that out, and it's going to be no different this year. So we're still figuring it out, and it's it's Wednesday today, so Thursday, uh Thursday we're going to be figuring it out, so it's um, it's it's a balance, and it's it, you know Garrett can talk to it more, but the, the the thinking between the first and the second team and academy and all that stuff, it's it's an interesting process, and we're fortunate to have the the staff we've got that are, are very nimble. To me, that's kind of what makes this team so exciting to watch, is because you don't really know who's going to be in the eleven or in the eighteen, uh, you know, game week to game week, because it transitions so much between really promising academy guys versus really really talented FC Dallas guys who just can't get the minutes because of there's somebody you know more established in their position in the first team, and so to see that experience of the uh, the different people dropping down versus coming up and versus the the full time North Texas players being able to not train with a guy all week and then have uh, a different partner slot in in the central defense or in central midfield and they just kind of had that seamless you saw it last year kind of a seamless just understanding of what needs to be done and they can get the job done um it's pretty incredible and that's you know all all to the coaching staff being able to have the same philosophy going forward but also meld the different players coming in um like I said, seamlessly, and that's really exciting to see. And I'm sure it will be the same this year. And that's one of the fun things because you get to see FC Dallas players who you haven't seen much, who are usually like bench players, or you get to see academy guys who I see in Dallas Cup or, uh, or the GA Cup um, come up and see and see how they tr- transition to the pro level. And almost every time, I'm amazed that they can make that step up or down um, and and make that thing work with with the other full time NTSC guys. So I'll hop in here with a, a fan question. I guess not necessarily a fan. And be assistant fellow media question. Our good friend Nico uh, from Third Degree uh, wants to know uh, if this year's mentality um, will be the same as last year's let's go win this whole thing t- mentality or if there's going to be any tweaks to that or how, what is the, the mentality going into this season? I actually asked that question to um, Eric Quill earlier this week in practice and as well as some of the guys that we were interviewing. And they said from the first practice, even last season after they won the championship, Eric Quill said, like, the next season starts now. We're going to win this next cup. Like, that's that's our number one goal. That's what we're here to do, um, as well as obviously developing players. But 
Eric Quill's a winner and, and he instills that in his guys. And so that's, that's what they want to do. And Eric Quill says, we're always ready for the other teams who come to visit us to give us their best shot. Cause last season we were in first place most of the year. And so they're like, let's, let's knock these guys off their perch. Now, no matter what, we'll, we'll still be the defending champions. And so I think that that mentality from the opponents is going to be even more instilled in them. They're just going to want to come and be like, get one over on the champs. And, uh, it's up to, it's up to our guys to, uh, kind of prevent that. Yeah, I'm looking at Matt Matt's uh, shirt there, and he's got the North Texas logo, and right above it is that shiny, yeah. shiny blue star. <laughs> no, it's, have it's, I've, I've been showing it off, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I've been showing it off, and uh, I've had a few Zoom calls where I pointed it out around the league, so it's yeah. uh, it's good. But but I'll I'll definitely echo Garrett, Garrett's point there, and uh, since the start of of Eric's coaching uh, with North Texas, every single session after every game. He, he brings it in, everyone puts their hands in the middle and they shout, they, he says, what's the goal? And uh, the response back is championship. And uh, the only thing that's changed this year is they're not joining hands in the middle, they're socially distancing, but the, the sentiment is the same. I, I am also a little bit jealous of your, uh, not, not your star, but your shirt. I mean, there's no NTSC gear out there, man. I mean, the, the, I, I, think I've, I think I own the one red shirt that they, uh, that they sold. So is there... Hopefully, I think I saw that the uh, the new jersey is out, so hopefully that's going to be for sale for for fans who want to go out and support. Um, yes, sir. So we can we can we can uh, we can gear up when we go out to the game. Soccer ninety dot com. Absolutely, that's where, yeah. you, that's where you can get it. Yeah, that's where you can get it. Yep. Yeah, uh, soccer So we're we're working on it. And it's like everything. It's uh, you know we started off last year and we were, we're putting things together and and we're hoping to add more and. You know, we've had to pull back this year a lot on just production um, as COVID started and, um, you know, just be sensible with, with spending and, and what we're planning on. But, you know, the hope is that, you know, more people come to games and more fans we get and, you know, embracing that community is, is we're going to grow that. And it's, uh, it's something we're excited for. And, you know, uh, hopefully we can get some more products out there. And Soccer90.com is, is gearing up to give us that kind of online platform as well, which is, is something we've been wanting. And they have... They have curbside service. Kurt, wow, well, let me try that. <laughs> and they have curbside service. <laughs> they have blooper reel. Uh, and they have curbside service, don't don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, we'll get back a little bit into the uh, into into the roster. So um, obviously, there's a, a couple of players that are out on loan, uh, like Arturo. I know is out. Uh, Brex out as well. And then we've got. Uh, I guess did. I never saw anything official, but I know uh, both Jata and Donzo were here on loans last year. Are they both officially not picking? You know, we didn't get an extension on that loan. They both back with their home clubs. Correct. All right. Is there any any new big signings or new players that uh, NTSC you know fans when they go out and watch tomorrow or sorry Saturday um, are going to say? Yeah, is there is there any key players that are new that that you suggest them keep an eye on? For me, it's um, a midfielder named Juan Manuel Alvarez. Um, he's on loan right now from Monterrey in uh, Liga MX. And uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to see as much as I want because, you know, trains have been closed for a lot of this time. And we saw him only in two preseason, preseason games before everything got halted. Um, 
but he he looks like um, like a, a really serious player. He's he's a very athletic box to box midfielder who um, can do it you know on the defensive end and the offensive end. And he's kind of got he got big shoes to fill in terms of the Arturo Rodriguez uh, gap that's been left by uh, the former MVP. Um, but I, I think this guy has the chops to do it. He's maybe not as offensively gifted, um, but he, he offers a little bit more in terms of uh, his defensive work rate and everything. But uh, I'd say he's the one I am most excited to see in, in League One this year. Yeah, I would say uh, keep an eye out for Alisson, Brazilian player who came over from uh, Sao Paulo. He's a, he's a bulldog, and uh, I would not want to play against him. I have to put it that way. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited to see Ronaldo again, see if he can kind of keep scoring and uh, see how he links up with Bruce. I mean, uh, Bruce is a great player when you watch him, and he's just a natural goal scorer. And I think that, you know, last year he didn't necessarily have the system that fit his style, and I'm excited to see him kind of fit in, you know, with how we play and... Uh, I shared with somebody else that I think that the exciting thing about this team is any player on the roster, they can make that change and kind of pivot themselves into the next level of their career. And everyone's here to prove that and they want the next step. So um, I think that really at the start of the season, anyone could be that breakout star and they could make a name for themselves. Um, so I'm excited about that. We've got pretty much a brand new team. So it's going to be interesting. And keep an eye out for, for Justin Shea too, you know, a youngster coming through on Academy and, uh, you know, he's he's really developing, um, you know, he's been training with us and, you know, he'll probably get some game time and, you know, just he's going to flourish from this opportunity, I think. You mentioned Allison uh, at Fritz J underscore 318 on Twitter asks, uh, can you rank these three players or these three people by your estimate of their ability in a no rules street fight? Batista, Allison and Eric Quill. <laughs> Who comes out on top there? No comment from me. Gary, you can say this <laughs> Well, I answered this question, or maybe it's a different question, just with the picture of Allison trapping the ball, and you can just see the size of this man. He He's a unit, I think, as they say, a uh, big guy. But then again, Lamar Batista, a little bit skinnier, but he's six foot six and a real rock in the back. But Eric Quill, I, I, I don't mean this uh, derogatory at all, but he might have the old man strength. He's a wily he's guy, very smart. Experience. experience, experience. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah, I, I can't pick it. I think we'll have to wait and see how the season goes. But I'll put I'll put my money on Eric Quill for for my uh, prediction for the uh, before the season begins. <laughs> Jonathan, I also want to. There's another question here. Um, we got a lot of questions actually on Facebook uh, from John Tolan and a couple other people on on Twitter. Really, re- regarding the the flow from the academy to North Texas SC and beyond, and, and whether or not this the um, the pipeline is, is shaping up the way you think it should shape up, or how how that's going. Like, what's the pipeline uh, situation for you at uh, in July of twenty twenty? I mean, the whole the whole FC Dallas model is, you know, youth club to academy to North Texas to FC Dallas. And obviously, like in our minds, that'd be the ideal way to go. And we've seen it with players like Ricardo Pepe and Carlos Aviles, who have done that exact thing. And Pepe scored his first MLS goal. He's a youth national team player. Carlos Aviles recently got signed um, to a first team contract. So we've seen it have been proven. Um, but I think that question is kind of in regards to we've seen players leave the academy without signing a contract with us. Um, I think Nico Carrera is one who signed with a second division Bundesliga team. Um, and actually, uh, Lucha Gonzalez was asked this question in Spanish 
I had it translated for me uh, earlier today. Um, and his answer to that um, was every player has their own path and every, you know, not, there isn't one correct way to go for every player. So it, it you know, you got to weigh up your options, see what's right for you, see where you think your development and the best path for you lies. And if that's with North Texas and FC Dallas, perfect. That's, that's what we want. Um, um, but if that's not necessarily right for you, there's other, there's other pathways out there. Um, but obviously we, we believe in our pathway and, and we think it's a great way it's for, for players to go from the youth level to the professional one. One of the things I think of, and it kind of, it's, it's somewhat related to one of the fan questions, which was also from, uh, uh, from Fritz, which was around, you know, has the, has the pandemic impacted the ability for NTSC to do scouting and sign new players? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's changed the whole landscape. You know, we're kind of, looking at you know the start of this is what's the season going to look like and and we honestly didn't know if we were going to get games in if it's you know what it's all going to look like and then um, it's changed a lot and there's a lot of players available we're looking at kind of our budget and our our signed players and just I would say yes and it's changed everything but you know our overall scouting is, is we have people all around the world scouting and they're looking at FC Dallas and also looking at where fits in the North Texas pipeline to project to the first team. So I think it's, it's business as usual, but it's not usual right now is kind of the, the, the way we're looking at it. So um, it's been every, every day and every week, it's been something new and it's just changed. And it's, uh, we've just had to be um, consistently planning with optimism and, and we're at a point now where we we're excited. We're going to get games in and we can't move forward, but we've had, you know, we've had a, a, a player leave us and, and we've had to adjust and look see what our roster looks like. We had Carlos called into the first team and we're looking at how we adapt and adjust there. So uh, everything's moving and, and we just know whatever it throws at us, we've got, you know, a good pipeline and a good um, a good staff that's going to make it work. And obviously you guys had, you mentioned one player from Brazil, but I think you actually have two from Brazil and two from Mexico. Did both those come through the kind of the joint FC Dallas NTSC scouting or uh, are they somehow, you know, have a relationship back to uh, the club in some other way? Like it's just Juan Manuel through, was one? The, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all through the, the scouting and uh, relationships we have and, and keeping our eyes out for the right prospects. And, um, yeah, Juan Manuel is going to be a, a difference maker. I'm, I'm excited to, to see him. I think we uh, he's coming back off a slight injury and we uh, we had him played 20-30 minutes on Saturday and the 20-30 minutes he was in it was it was a totally different game so he's one to watch but yeah it's just um, we're looking right now at, at next year and we're looking at you know even players that we're, we're projecting and keeping our eyes out for future past that Do you, do you have a target roster size for in, for actual NTSC players? Yeah currently it's, it's 14 signed players knowing that we That's can pull from academy and we can also uh you know, pull down from the first team. So that's where we're at right now. And, uh, you know, we, we had less than that last year and we had a couple of games where we were in a jam, but that was a, an anomaly. <laughs> I remember was, one, uh, one in particular where uh, Michelle had to, had to play, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was uh, obviously, it was uh, a testament to our staff making it work. And, uh, you know, we did our best, but we learned from that and we moved forward. But um, that was one of those years used with, you know, international call-ups and injuries across, you know, our whole platform that, you know, I don't think that's going to be replicated, but you never know because we've got such good young talent, you know, in, in every age group and from first team down to academy levels. And um, I shouldn't say never going to happen again because you never know. 
<laughs> Michelle's ready if he needs it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and now he's now he's got experience at that level. He's ready to go. That's right. <laughs> um, let's let's uh, look ahead to Saturday. Um, it's it's El Plastico. Nico Nico uh, Mendez wants to know: Is there going to be a trophy for that game this week this year? That that rivalry. Not that I know of, um, but that's something that we had thought about doing last year and never got quite got done. Um, but I would love for there to be something like that because, other than winning the title, I think my my proudest my achieving moment last year was creating the El Plastico moniker for that thing. Um, it came to me like after work, and it just kind of popped in my head because they had talked about it being an artificial rivalry because we played each other more than anybody else, um, and they're, they're, their uh, mascot is a plastic flamingo. And then it just kind of popped in my head. I was like, "Oh, this is perfect. It has to go." And it kind of ca- kind of caught on. Um, and we're definitely pushing it harder than they will, um, but uh, it's our prerogative, and, and it's sticking. So um, I, I would like I there no to be a trophy. You, you fathered that. I had no idea. I did. Yeah. Uh, again, maybe the proudest moment in my uh, my young career thus far <laughs> now forward madison's a, a club that does a lot of things right and and we've got a good relationship with them and uh, you know i think that i think there'll be a trophy at some point um but i think right now we, we did actually talk about it earlier in the year and uh you know with the whole covid thing it's uh something that they're not anything that you can uh, not pass from hand to hand is, is <laughs> encouraged so uh it might be a virtual virtual trophy uh, there we go it means like wrapped in clorox wipes <laughs> It'll be a TikTok video, you know, somebody dancing with a flamingo. There you go. <laughs> cool. Yeah. What else? What else are you? What are you looking forward to the most on on Saturday, Garrett? Um, live soccer again. Um, obviously, I was really looking forward to that with the MLS's back tournament to uh, to see that firsthand. And unfortunately, the opportunity didn't uh, materialize. Um, I've seen you know some inter squad scrimmages, but uh, to see a competitive game where where there's points on the line in person um, with, a, with with one of my teams in the fight, I'm really really excited for just for that. And also just uh, like Matt said, there's a lot of a lot of new faces on this team. A lot of people I'm really excited to see um, in a competitive environment, see what they can do because I think there's some incredibly talented young players on this squad, including academy guys. So just to see that first moment where they're out on the field. There, you know, there's there's something to be won. Um, I think it'll just be really exciting to see how everybody rides the opportunity. And and Madison's a fun team. They they do everything right um, on social media. So I'm sure that they're going to bring it. And I got to be ready for that. So that's a that's another little side side battle that I got to got to got to got to fight. They, they were they were a fun group of fans to interact with last year too when they when they came to town. So um, yeah, it's 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 a great it's a great club. I didn't think about the social media side side quest there <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's scary because it's you know it's out there for everybody to see so if, if i take an l it's a very public l um but uh <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best I, I got we got some good people in our media department who i can uh, lean on if i need any uh any suggestions for, for comebacks and whatnot but uh yeah that, that'll be a fun little uh side quest of sorts you can't go wrong with the the gameplay gifts always always that's a must I Matt, think, how I about think you? we've got we got the best comeback because we just put a star out there of anybody in the league. That's, been, uh, <laughs> that's right. You know, it's like scoreboard, so. right? <laughs> yep. um, yeah, I mean, surely there's a tie-in with the Dallas Cowboys there, right? The the lone star, lone star Maybe of any so. team. Yep. Maybe so. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm to be honest, I'm just looking forward to um, to getting it kicked off. I mean, there's so much work gone into this, and. Um, 
for me, I can't wait to see fans in the building. I can't wait to see the players step out on the field. But I know kind of how much this has, uh, you know, been hard on the players and the staff. And um, the attitude has been just phenomenal. When we've asked players to go out on the field and not pass the ball to each other, it's, it's, it's hard when we're asking them to, to turn up in, in masks and gloves and, you know, bring their own equipment and make sure it's, you know, their own equipment. We've got to clean everything just a million times. And for me, when you start that, that game, um, it's going to be pretty significant of just the hard work that, that they've gone in. They're so competitive and, you know, they just want to play. And every time I see them, it's like, when's the first game? Is it happening? When are we going to play? And, uh, and we've got just a group of real passionate players and staff. And uh, I can't wait for that. And I can't wait, obviously, to see, uh, even though it's, it's socially distanced, I can't wait to see fans in, in the building there and, and knowing that we've been able to bring soccer to, to another part of DFW and um and just just grow the sport and it's for me it's there's been a lot of work in that and um it's going to be very very refreshing I, i'm honestly uh going to be very excited come sunday because it's uh this first game is a lot of work and there's a lot of moving pieces um but yeah just first whistle and, and getting the ball going is, is going to be pretty monumental for us because you know there's been so many times where we haven't known when that's going to happen so, so I'm going to ask a prediction from both of you guys, Matt. Maybe you could duck out if you want to. I'm not going to make you predict the, the the about the game or number of games you guys are going to win or anything. But for the returning players that are coming back, um, either NTSC uh, official players or an academy player that played a lot last year, is there anybody you guys are looking for to have a a breakout year from the returning team team members? Uh, for me, is it's got to be um, David Rodriguez, obviously the younger brother of Arturo, who won MVP yeah. last year. And kind of last year, you know, he was a star in the academy, and uh, we thought more about him going into the season than we did about his older brother. Um, and then Arturo turned out to be the the biggest star in the whole league, and is now playing on loan in a in a higher league. Um, and so David may have been kind of forgotten about to an extent uh, but he is incredibly talented his left foot is basically a wand his vision and passing are really exciting and now he's he's I, you can just see him physically he's grown um he's faster he, he has more um and more stamina and i think that was a big problem for him last year was just the pace of the game at the at the professional level it's hard to do that as a 16 year old against you know people have been professional athletes their whole lives um so i think with another year under his belt and also with what his brother did i think he might come in with a chip on his shoulder another year of experience another year of physical growth um and i, and I think he could be a really really special creative player to watch this year good call that's who i had on my list as well and i noticed the same thing he did he didn't play the full 90 on a lot of his starts but uh, he's he's the guy i was kind of looking at that to have that breakout year what do you do you do you have somebody you want to to suggest Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence on this one. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> for for me, it's it's anybody it's anybody's year, and I think that you know yep. the first year as you as you turn pro, there was a lot of learning last year of how to they were learning how to be a pro basically, and and that's it's, they're not just learning how to play, they're learning how to travel, how to eat right, and you know any frustrations they've had, they've had an off season, they've had a staff that's that's committed full time to to making them better and. You know, there's there's individual plans for each player, and um, it's you know ultimately for them to embrace it. And you know, I I just think that the the opportunity we provide the players and and they see where they can go is, is huge. So um, the opportunity is there. I'm going to sit on the fence and not call one out, but I know that you know everybody that we've got on the roster. Spoken like a GM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the one we're projecting, and we 
we sign players that we we think have opportunity and projection for the first team right. and kind of we give them the tools and, and a lot of it's up to them but we're we're working hard on a lot of stuff and, and the staff behind the scenes and the, the technical staff and the, the trainers and the strength and conditioning it's all just uh the players are motivated the staff's motivated too and and they want the players to succeed so it's it's exciting for us you know we're and we're, we're all excited to, to see those guys out there this weekend yep think are you gonna go, go out to the game jonathan uh, I am probably not going to this weekend because my wife is going out of town. So I've got uh, my my son with me. So hopefully the next one. Would think it would be in two weeks, right? I think you guys play away the following week. If I remember right? Yeah, we're in Omaha the following week. Yeah, we should new team, so we're excited to to see them and and, and see what they've got to to offer as well. So, um, so yeah. As I say, we're excited. We want people to come to the games and uh, you know come out, enjoy, enjoy the new facility, uh, the the new team basically. And uh, you know if you can't come out to the game and you don't feel like it's good for you or you can't make it out, ESPN Plus, um, got it. It's, it's going to look great on the broadcast too. So we're, we're excited. Yeah, I will also be firing up the stream for Saturday, so I'm really looking forward to to, to seeing you guys out there again. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening to uh, talk to us and help us preview the season and the team. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was a lot of fun. All right. You can find us online as at Dallas Soccer Show on Twitter, on our website, dallassoccershow.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you uh, would like to hear more like it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we will catch you later. Thanks for listening.